You're not enough. Your love, strength, wisdom, coping skills, relationship skills. Look, the world is always saying you're good enough. You tell yourself you're good enough. I'm good. I got this. But do you? Are you? In theory, it's a good thought, but unfortunately, the worldly bar is inconsistent. It rises and falls faster than the ocean tides. Hey, I'm Shay. And I'm Michelle. There's a battle being waged. It's not flesh, it's not blood, it's spiritual. And we need to be prepared. The last thing a warrior wants on the battlefield is spiritual anemia. So when the enemy attacks, we need to be prepared. But we don't always realize where the attacks are coming from or that we're being attacked at all. This is the Pantry Podcast, and we're here to remind you of who we answer to, what we're capable of, and how we are called to do it in every aspect of our lives. This is Season 6 Rewired. When you're saved, you're saved for good. But we all experience sanctification differently. The more we grow in our relationship with the Lord, the more He transforms and renews our minds. The more we cut the cords of this world, the more we're charged up in Him. This season, we're arming you with discernment of some of culture's most toxic snares. Support our ministry reaching the lost and found in over 35 countries with spiritual and literal nutrition. Every one-time and recurring donation makes a lasting impact. Donate through Patreon or thepantrypodcast.com. And now let's dig into the meal. Hey. Hi. What's up? Today's really cool. You stole my line. (laughs) You stole my line. Hey, I just assumed you were going to say excited, so I was like, everything else is a go. Yes. (laughs) See, look, y'all. She's conforming to the leadership of the household. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, just kidding. That's awesome though. But today is going to be an awesome episode and we're talking about you're not enough. I think the greatest thing that I have or conclusion I ever came to in my life is realizing it's okay. I'm not good enough that when I say this though, in a worldly stance, oh my gosh, you could beat me up left, right, indifferent. It'd be like, <laughs> what, what? No, be positive. Tell yourself you're good enough. Tell yourself you're good enough. Well, see, I lived in that for decades. I lived in that idea of like trying to pump up the I'm good enough and never handling the root issue. And the root issue is God. See, when I stand before God, I'm not good enough. But see, that's when he gave his son and it really showed me and it built me and it, and it taught me that, you know what, through Jesus Christ, now I am good enough. And so I can live my life and move forward. Yeah. We have a very, very special very. guest. Add another very, 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 very Ooh, there we go. special Come on. guest Come on. joining <laughs> us today to cover this topic because we, funny enough, the three of us talk about this topic a lot with big smiles on our faces. So today <laughs> We have the honor of having my bestie boo, Rebecca White, on the show. I think you got thrown there. I cry sometimes. <laughs> With this conversation. I mean, look, right. Um, What's up, too, brother? What's, What's up? up? I know. I'm so excited. I'm yeah. so excited to have this conversation in particular. Oh, yes. Yeah. Now, why are you excited to have this conversation? What does this mean to you? Um, Right off the bat, I think it makes me think about God's sense of humor that he would have me talking with y'all about this particular <laughs> topic because only he knows just how, how much time we've spent there all the things that it's meant and all the ways that it's needed to change. And I think that's probably my favorite part is even now in recent time and like recent sanctification, the ways that it's changed this whole idea of not being enough and just how essential it is. It's my favorite thing. I think we've talked about this prior to like actually sitting down together that it can be like a difficult topic, like make you cringe a little bit, like, man, are there going to be some heavy punches coming with this? But it's actually my favorite thing. It's actually a really big tight grip hug. Instead. Yeah. Like you expect a punch and then they just lunge in for a hug. Yeah. It's actually the substance. I actually said I would go in the ring with Mike Tyson for a million. I'll take that punch. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But, but no, I, and, and you know what? And I think where this, where, where I formulates for me in this idea and it was hard. 
-hmm. It's hard to sit there in admission and say, yeah, you know what? There's things that I'm just not getting right Mm -hmm. that that I need to work on. And, you know, I think one of the verses that really rolls in me all the time is uh, Philippians 4.13, where it says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And I had to get to that point. And, and I know that like, okay, y'all, we're family friends and we've been around each other for like years. And I know how many like battles Rebecca have gotten into because oh, yeah. I would just sit on the like, More to come, but God, sure. look, oh, but, yeah. God but God, but yeah. God, I could have been nicer. I didn't find it mean. <laughs> it's like to an extent, it's a brick wall you're coming against, but it's like God's brick wall. So you can't, it's like, I'm hitting a wall, but it's God. So I can't complain. <laughs> and that's always a grind. But I think it's cool though that we work everything out. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like yeah. the longer we're together, iron sharpening iron, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like we're all growing together. It's not like I'm trying to make her understand something. No, it's just something I came to earlier. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, we all come from a past, right? Yeah. And it's like, we, sure we got to come up with something. So, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, what's funny is you say it's a hard thing to swallow. And for me, I was so eager to swallow it, but walking it out, I realized how insidious a thought that had been ingrained mm-hmm. in me my whole life. Mm-hmm. Because I can even speak to this in our relationship. I kept feeling like I'm not good enough. Because sometimes people aren't thinking they're enough across the board, but there's that pet area or that area that builds your self-esteem where you have to be enough to be able to live with yourself. I have to be good enough, smart enough, successful enough. You, you add something in there. But for me, the pressure was always so high. And I, being such a critic of myself, knew I was mm-hmm. it was like perpetual mm-hmm. imposter syndrome because I knew every shortcoming. And I was like, why do people think I'm so great? I'm not, I'm terrible. I know the thoughts I'm having. I know the things I don't know. You know, I know I don't know everything. So when I came to God and he said, that's okay. That made me feel so safe, so grateful. And Ephesians 2, 8 says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. Mm. And that, cause I was always growing up. It was the thing like, okay, a weight, a scale, the good and the bad. And if you do enough good, you get in. Mm-hmm. And there's other religions where that's pretty much what it is hoping I was good enough, knowing that as I sat there, I was too angry, too disrespectful, too selfish, too greedy. So when he said, yeah, I know. And you still are going to heaven because you believe in me because you've accepted me as your savior. You still get to come. I was like, I'm literally an idiot if I don't take that offer. (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, I can, in light of this topic, like what wisdom has meant for me in this topic is I relate to you and I've always felt like, I got that part. I know I'm not enough. The pressure Mm -hmm. is killing me. Mm -hmm. Um, I run into failings all the time. I know enough to know, I guess, where the standard is and that I don't meet it. But the the learning curve for me was um, what to do with brokenness. And that's really, I think, where this topic Mm -hmm. takes me is to brokenness. And as believers, how we should embrace the breaking and cherish the breaking. And God really had to show me very recently that that feeling of not being enough is where he wants to meet me. And to lean into that and by that, like that's exactly what he uses for us to be able to experience the gospel and to see it for the gift that it is. And one of the verses that came along with that little nugget was David in Psalm 51. Um, I learned that it's a year after his sin with Bathsheba, a whole year. And if you read his crying out to God, he's still saying things like my sin is ever before me ever before me a whole year later. But then later on in like verse 12, I just had to look to see, but verse 12, he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Mm. And that's the whole point of not being enough of leaning into the not enough because the joy that we have as a result of the, of the breaking, when you just let that crush you is the joy of salvation. Only then do I know Mm. what I was saved from. And I never, that's why I say it's my favorite thing. I never want to forget that feeling. Mm. I never want to forget where I came from Bodie Bauckham is a favorite pastor of mine. And he says, 
in one of his sermons. And I think this is like a thing. I don't think it's his, it's something that Christians maybe say, but he's like, how does it go? He's like, I'm not yet where I'm going, but hallelujah, I'm not who I used to be. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's, that's the substance right there. That's the thing that we should never be far away from. Amen. Amen. So then, okay. So on that, how we walk this out when we go through these things in our lives, when we are in it, yeah. Because how, or that, that what'd you say? Turning into leaning into, leaning yeah, into right. Yeah. Leaning into. So how, how do you get there though? Turn the Netflix off. <laughs> <laughs> and you have it folks. There you go. It's um, the only advice you've heard twice on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say though, I can't say a single word on this issue without being acutely aware of how this is me. So I think that one of the things that I do most often is to try and numb the pain and we can numb the pain in a lot of culturally acceptable ways. But I think when you have that prompting to break down, you ought to break down and you ought to do that in God's presence. And, and this is the crazy part that I didn't understand for a long time. It's that that is true worship, by the mm. way. <laughs> like when you are breaking and you turn to God and you say, thank you for saving me, that you like true brokenness ushers in true worship. Mm. That's mm. the whole thing. And so I guess ultimately becoming more worshipful is how I would answer that. Yeah. Like that, like that. Cause you know, even in the Bible where it says, um, it says, so neither he who plants nor he who waters, it's anything, but only God who gives it growth. Right. Now think mm-hmm. about this. The one who plants, the one who waters is planting. What Jesus is watering with what Jesus is watering with the word of God is planting the seeds with the word of God. And then it still says, those, I mean, th- those are good things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a good, now imagine how seeds can be good or bad. Exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we feeding in, in those moments? What are we numbing the pain, right? Yeah. Here in the scripture is telling you like you plant in Jesus, you're watering Jesus, but God still gives the increase. So you still have good. Now imagine you're still doing these bad things, right? You're, you're, maybe you're turning to Netflix. Maybe you're turning to whatever culture is, is doing, but watch this. We also have a faithful God. And I love the second Timothy. It's like, when I am unfaithful, he is still faithful. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, we, we sit there sometimes and we beat people up over this. We're like, well, or, okay, I don't because I have no room to stand <laughs> in any of this judgment. So, so it's like, but it's like, oh, but I'm not seeing a fruit or I'm not seeing this. But you know what? God works in his way. God works in his time. God works. And he is the one who gives the faith. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even it's amazing how he holds us. Yeah. It's amazing how he holds, even if we're not turning in, he's going to, he, there's going to be a way. I won't say he, cause I don't want to say, cause you know, you get in debates over that too. And Michelle have to go after the curmudgeons again, but <laughs> that's what she always says. But it's like, but it's like you're sitting there in this, in this situation and it's like, you can turn into God and it's an easier path. Right. But even if you don't, let's say you drift a little, he's still there. He's still holding you. Like you might not be turning to him, but he's turning into you constantly. He's pressing into you constantly. He's communicating with you constantly. And he's still there to hold you up. So it's kind of cool. Just that verse. Cause it's like good seeds and God still increases. But you know what? Even if some of the bad seeds starts to float in, he has a way of bringing it around. But let me tell you something. It's so much easier when we just turn in right away. It's mm-hmm. that it's a, you know, it's this thing that we're, I'm calling the 180. It's like, how fast do we get back to that? You know, into that position yeah. where we're walking in his path. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think about Psalms 119. There's a verse. I am insignificant and despised, but I don't forget your commandments. And we're in the New Testament, right? So commandments, I look at the commandments. What does God say in his word? They're all commands. We can talk 10 all day, but the commands to follow him, those are all wisdom. Those are all things that you're better off doing. And when I sit and think about how I used to be, how I used to attack myself, pick myself apart, feel like I'm not measuring up because I never expected to be perfect, but I expected to be better. Mm -hmm. And so I was always holding myself to a higher standard than my current standard. My current standard was never enough. And at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm not trying to be perfect, just that, better. That hashtag hustle mindset. Right? Yes. And so that was me all the time. And I would feel insignificant. I would feel irrelevant. I would feel despised by myself. I despised myself. Mm-hmm. I hated myself because why couldn't I just get it right? Mm-hmm. 
Why couldn't I just hold myself together for just a little while? And finally, I can't exactly say when, but I know that staying in the word, always turning back to him, like you said, Mm -hmm. and having a godly headship in this house that gave me the tough love sometimes, which means he gives you a Bible verse instead of just coddling you and saying, oh, you are enough because that's a lie. Saying I am enough. That's, that's, that's a lie in that sense. Right. But reminding me that I'm, I'm putting these standards there myself. I'm setting myself up to fail because I'm putting the wrong qualifiers in the mix. Mm -hmm. It's not, am I enough? It's, is what God did enough? Yes. Mm -hmm. We can move forward now. I've failed, but I can bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is so key to the whole conversation as well, because for me, it's very fresh, the memory of what it's like to live in that space and that headspace. And sometimes I still am like, not sure if I'm done yet. Like, not Mm -hmm. sure if I'm really going to slip back into that because it's so much what I've always done. But the the breaking and the not being enough and the confession of that and the grieving of that, because I think that's good to do as well, is not for wallowing. And we can't ever lose sight of the point of being broken is so that you can get up and worship, like you mm-hmm. said. And so even if it's not bounce back that we get to take credit for, it's life and life everlasting, you know? It's yeah. like, this is the only fuel that actually works. I've been running on, on the wrong stuff. It's, it was something counterfeit and right. I wasn't really running at all. And now that I have seen myself rightly as someone scarred by sin and really wretched, <laughs> then, <laughs> then I can turn to God and see what he did. Right. And how big that thing is that he did. And suddenly you're like, why was I overwhelmed by this everyday life stuff? Yeah. He is not bothered by that. Like that is not uh, overwhelming to him or right. confusing to him. It's right. just a matter of like eyes on me, child, eyes on me mm-hmm. and let's walk. Yeah. You know, we're sitting here saying we sin. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> we're not sinners, but there's people that I believe. Now, this is just me and you guys can correct me. I love sitting here with two females because it's just like, okay, cool. In case, in case the man says something wrong or says something right, I'm backed up <laughs> one way or the other or I'm not. But I will do my I, best I would to be honest. say, <laughs> in my experience, right, I can sit here and say, you know, I, I beat myself up and it's like, I, I sin, you know, and I'm okay. I correct it out. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. mm, you know, it's whatever. Uh-huh. Like, I kind of move like that. I really do. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I tend to see that in other guys, friends of mine. But like sometimes women have a tendency to hold things. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, really we can contemplate things expert while we're right. And so like mm-hmm. to to be able to say that you're failing, but still have joy, mm-hmm. is yeah. an amazing step. And I'm wondering how how do you get there? That's okay. the evidence right there. Is that good, Michelle? Like a, I do I have that. an idea? Yeah. And you said awesome. it's so good. I am. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is the identity crisis that it causes. That what what you do in those moments is a picture of where you find your identity, you know? So like, if you can't say that I am a sinner without caving in on yourself and having an identity crisis, that means you're missing Jesus, you know? Like, right, don't right. leave him out of of who you are. And that's even a bad way of saying it because he's everything. It's, he's not a part of who you are. It's right. all of right, it. Right, right, right. <laughs> so leaving him out is to lose yourself. And I think when we wallow, I don't know. That's, that's been my experience is I'm wallowing. I like that word wallow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like actually. it. I haven't yeah. heard it in a while, but I'm, but I'm a fan. I'm a digging it. Yeah. yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. I, as you were talking, I was smiling cause I was like t-shirt idea <laughs> and it's going to be blessed mess <laughs> oh, because nice. I think that's what I have started. I've kind of started finding it funny how still messed up I am and how that has not interrupted God blessing me in ways I do not deserve kind of obsessed with do you want me to do this, God? Because I've seen what obedience leads to. Mm. And so I'm just, I get it wrong a lot, but over and over, he's lovingly showing me, 
you could not interrupt my plans with your mistakes if you tried. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you, you'll deal with some consequences for sure. But if your heart's desire is to follow me, if your heart's desire can, is to do what I ask of you, then nothing can interrupt that but you. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that, that that mind shift really helped me no longer fear the mistakes. So often you come across believers who are petrified of making mistakes. So they're either paralyzed or they become they project it outward and become legalistic to others instead mm. so that they're distracted from their own mistakes because they're picking apart others mistakes and they think somehow that's earning them brownie points. But it's making them miserable. And you see that happening because they fear the mistakes. They fear missing the mark. Mm-hmm. But like Shay said, we're not sinners anymore. That's not our profession. And that's one thing that he showed me years ago is that sinners will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. I'm no longer a sinner. That's no longer my job description. Mm. I'm a saint now. But Mm. just like a doctor is not the only one who can place a Band-Aid, I, not a doctor, can put a Band-Aid on my kid's knee. And I, a saint, can still miss the mark in this world because I am not yet in my perfect, sanctified, heavenly position. You know, and I'm still walking through time doing things as I do them, but I can get it wrong and that's okay. It doesn't jeopardize my salvation. If I don't go to God with it, if I hadn't shame, it'll, it'll damage the relationship um, in that moment. But when you just are like, that was a mistake, I'm going to go to God with it. I'm going to own up to it. I'm not going to say it's not a mistake. I'm just going to roll with it. Things pick back up pretty quickly. Yeah. I like what you said earlier too about grace. <laughs> My grace is sufficient, right? Mm-hmm. And he went to a lot. I'm going to go back to just a little bit because, you know, the guy who gets beat up all the time, James, they use him all the time. Well, you need to be doing works, works, works. <laughs> I mean, that brother also said that for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. No, there's more than one. There's more than 10 laws. Right. There's like yeah. 613. Right. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like, so that grace is sufficient. And that's where we're talking right now. We're talking in this realm of grace. We're talking, I, I, I don't like going to this one in the, in almost a fourth dimensional aspect of this, this, because that is what God, see, I am not enough. You, I am not enough. I am not enough to stand before God. I am not enough to be in his presence. Right. right. But he sends Jesus so that I can be. And then once mm-hmm. I receive Jesus, he looks down on me on his son and he doesn't look on me. So this is, it's this transference. It's like, okay, look, you're good enough. <laughs> you're good enough. Mm-hmm. My grace is sufficient. You're good enough. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the mentality and, and the light switch that we need to flip. We need to flip this light switch on this grace light switch, this mercy light switch, this forgiveness light switch that when I stumble, when I fall, when I, when I, when I lose control, we got good examples of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but 180, 180. It's me, guys. I'm guilty. I'm not pointing at her. <laughs> but um, it's us. It's us. But it's like it's like. But we. Where do we find ourselves in that grace, in that mercy, in that forgiveness, in God's presence, in our worship, in our word, and in our prayer? Why I started saying that on Thursday night prayer night, right? It's yeah. like worship, word, and prayer. Worship, word, and prayer. Man, I love it. Like you're saying, find your worship, right? Because where do we find our worship? In the word, right? In the word and prayer. We're communicating with God. We're digging into the word of God. Um, Philippians, uh, I was there. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Philippians uh, 4.12. No, 2.12. Okay, here we go again. Philippians 2.12. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. It's not earn your salvation. We're working out that salvation. That is our growth. The sanctification you brought up earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like positionally we've been sanctified. We've been perfected. Boop, boop. Yeah. And then it's like, I got to learn how to live there. <laughs> and right. that, that is tough. But encouraging is like Rebecca, like us, she's seen us grow together. We've grown together as families. The more you seek, the more you find, because the more he's laying, he's just laying there in front of you. Mm-hmm. And the more you're learning about the salvation. And so it's like, it's like work. But I mean, come on, man. If you know, show me faith that works. Show me faith without work. Show me faith with someone who doesn't want to read the Bible. Show me faith. You know, it's like, it's, I'm not saying that they're not saved, but it's like, you, don't you want Jesus? 
I'm going a little hard here. Sorry, guys. But don't you want Jesus? Don't you want to be in that presence? Don't you want to have all of the promises unlocked in front of you? Don't you want to humbly stand there and, and unlock those promises? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. And I need it. Now, granted, I came to it later. And so it was easier because it's like, <laughs> you've well, tried it. You literally everything. tried it. I said this comes <laughs> right. Up. Yeah, well, right. And, and that's my favorite. That's my favorite saying. You know, you're talking about turning or uh, turning into, right? No, wait. Leaning, in, leaning into. Leaning into. Yeah, leaning, yeah. I'm going to get this right in a minute, y'all. <laughs> leaning into. Leaning into. But it's like, mine is like, I hit rock bottom, but I hit the rock of salvation. Mm-hmm. And from that point, it was only up. Yeah. And I think that we all go through that. Would you agree on that? That we all go through that? It's like, it's like we don't bottom back under that. Mm-mm. So our, our rhythm is constantly moving up. We might have some peaks and some, you know, some falls and some valleys, but yeah. we're moving up. You're making me think about the, I guess, complex reality that Christians exist in with the here and not yet. Mm. And the fear and trembling part of that verse stands out to me because I think I hear what you're saying. I guess I would choose different language, but I'm with you on like positionally, we are no longer that old man. We're no longer bound by the flesh. And, but currently with like what God's been working on with me, I am fixated on the necessity of like grieving my sin and being ever present of my sin because that helps me understand glory. And that helps me understand your love and stay firmly planted there. So it's kind of, it's a tension, I think of here and the not yet of having the mind of Christ and, and trying to adapt God's eternal perspective on the world Mm. through his teaching, you know, but also never forgetting where we came from and failing to see ourselves as marred still, you know, cause we're, cause we're in the not yet. We're mm-hmm. like, we are going to mess up right now. And um, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to use an analogy and I'm thinking about the times that I reel you back in. Like you'll get in this, <sighs> this world, like my mm-hmm. child. Right. And I remind her, do you know who our child is, mm-hmm. you know, and what we have. And it's kind of like that. It's kind of like this reminder, this, you know, we will take ourselves into a certain spot. I, I like looking back to that point of like remembrance. Wow. He delivered me from here. Mm-hmm. you know, when, when we'll get into a mode with Kalia, she's a beautiful child. If you have a really good child and they do one thing and all of a sudden we're stressing out over that one thing, it's yeah, like, yeah. she's got like 90 other things that are like, <laughs> like on point, you know? And it's like, don't get hung up there. And it's important not to get hung up there. And yeah. so not for us necessarily, but maybe for someone who's listening. Right. And yeah. we're saying, you know, we're looking at our, and our sins, you got to understand something in us. It's, or at least in me. And I, and I think what I'm hearing from you is it's, it's this, like, you're looking back and you're like, wow, this is where God has brought me from. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's mm-hmm. what we need to do. Not focused on it where it kicks us or knocks us back, but we're, we're allowed to sit in and say, wow, how yeah. glorious God is. Yeah. yeah. I would, I feel like that's, that's the difference between wallowing and then brokenness leading to worship. Mm. Cause like I'm thinking of David again, it was a whole year later and his words were my sin is ever before me. Right. And that's, and I think that's an appropriate response to sin. Brokenness yeah. is an appropriate. And so like when we do, so it's not really like, Oh, a lifestyle of beating ourselves up and this masochistic thing that a lot of other religions do actually, where they think somehow you're made holier by penalizing right. yourself. Right. Not that, but knowing that the appropriate response to sin, the sin that we're going to continue to do is brokenness that leads to worship. That's a hard thing. Thinking about the transition, the fear and trembling, working out your salvation through mm-hmm. fear and trembling is putting on the new man, right? W- learning to walk in this, this new existence is like going from single to being married. It literally is. You're you're single and then you're married to Christ. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever been married, if you are married, when you were single, you did things a certain way, you thought a certain way, and then in an instant, you're married. You say I do and you're married. You don't know how to walk in that yet. Yeah, I'm still learning how to be a better wife every day. And we don't have divorce as an option in our marriage. So I'm not sitting here with fear and trembling over losing my marriage through divorce, but I am working it out, taking it very seriously yeah. that I want it to be the best it can there's emotions on the table. There's fruits on the table. There's the ability to be used on the table. There's testimony on the table. And if you're not married, but you happen to have a child, that same shift from going from not having children 
to being a parent or even being an only child to suddenly being a sibling. You know, there's there's many roles, not having anyone under you in leadership. And then suddenly there's people looking to you for answers. Mm -hmm. In one moment, it changes. In one moment, we're saved. And then we learn how to walk in that. Mm. He doesn't just download it instantly. He chose a more relationship based approach, because if that's all it was, well, we, we would be guaranteed the relationship. But he understands the importance of letting it be worked out. I like emphasizing worked right, out, right. like yeah. working out a tight muscle or unpacking a bag, you know, like that's something you have the bag, you have the muscle, you're just teasing it out. You're, you're opening it. You're moving, you're, you're exploring what you've got mm-hmm. and learning how to use it. I think it's fair that like, so you're, you know, you're working towards Proverbs 31, right? Right. And I'm trying to put on the goggles of Proverbs 31 mm-hmm. as I look at you. Right. Does that make sense? It's yeah. like this, it's this joint, you know, this joint teamwork effort, you know? So I, that's what God does. Mm-hmm. I mean, in reality, he sees you and you as a Proverbs 31 woman. And you guys probably look at Proverbs 31, you're like, yo, I'm not adding up to this. Have you ever, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, but yeah. it's the way God, and so, but in our imperfectness, I'm trying to see her as the Proverbs 31. She's trying to achieve it. And watch this, how much faster and how much more beautiful will it be if we could sit in that, mm-hmm. sit in that moment and say, hey, look, you know what? Stop looking at the flaws. Stop looking at all of the bad. Stop looking at like whatever we have that, you know, because married people, y'all. <laughs> Right, Rebecca. There's just those little things that, like, we can nitpick each other and grind into. But it's like if I can start looking at her as as a child of God, if I can start looking at her like the proverb, like at proverbs, I'm not comparing all. I'm not sitting there saying and keeping a checklist. What I'm saying is that's how God sees her. You're saying love her as God loves the church. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Like I see your completion. Right. The thing that the perfection that is being worked out. I love you as that now, Mm -hmm. even in the middle of you being what you are today, which is very far from perfect. That's That's it. That's it. That's why my favorite thing is that the prophet Hosea, who God said, you're going to marry this prostitute. And when she leaves and goes back to prostitution and I think it's pregnant, you're going to go and get her again Mm -hmm. because that is your bride. And that's that contrast right there is like, Mm. we are the prostitute. It's important that you recognize and know you are not enough. You are not holy. And to have the fear I was, when you were saying your last thing and now I've lost your words, but one of the things that it brought up for me is another way of understanding fear and trembling is just recognition that it's holy that it's set apart, that it's something other and that God should remain that high above us. Mm -hmm. But also that is what makes it so incredible that he put on flesh and came to meet with us. Like we have to, like we have to have both. We have to know that he is so awesome, but we should be a little bit scared. And yet that awesome God is the same God who would say to one of his prophets, marry this prostitute because that's a picture of my love. Mm-hmm. You know, that's crazy. No, no, no. I had that saying the other day. I, it, that hit me the other day. Gomar and, uh, um, sorry, it's Jose and Gomar, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, how willing are you to fulfill God's purpose? Yeah. I know. He married Gomar. Yeah. To fulfill God's purpose. But see, how willing are you? How, how in love are you with the one who loves you so much? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you're ready to change. That you're ready to sit there and say, okay, I'm not enough. I don't measure up, but you equalize me. Mm-hmm. You complete me. You finish me. Mm-hmm. And that's where I want to live. Oh, yeah. See, for me, I immediately connect with being in Gomar's shoes because my testimony is literally being like God giving me a husband and bringing me out of that mm-hmm. world. And that is the most crushing. I mean, this in a good way, like like it's a crushing love, like it it wrecks you. And I think that's why I'm so fixated on like. Not forgetting mm-hmm. and. Uh, I listened to a sermon recently where they talked about how as human beings we're hardwired to remember. And it is like a a kind of a horrible thing, but a necessary (laughs) thing. Cause we can't like a lot of people in modern times as well, we are fixated on mental health and I understand why. And a lot of that I think is because 
uh, we could maybe stand to do a better job of talking about how sin sticks to you and it doesn't go anywhere. And when you do these things, they don't leave. Like you have a memory of them that you can't shake. And the thing that God does though, is that that memory, again, it becomes worship. It mm. becomes your right. blessing that like, thank God I'm not there anymore. Right. Right. And then you move on, right. you know? I yes. love it. Love it. Yes. This has been such a good episode. So good. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Your mm. voice on podcast is goals. Yeah, <laughs> well, Thanks. not goals. I'm not trying to be you. You know what I mean? But I love your voice on the podcast. We just wow, got to remember you. the rewiring. I think that, you know, this is, yeah. this is the season. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's being rewired. It's, it's understanding that the things that we would normally hear in culture, know in culture, or feel in culture, be thrown on us in culture is not what God is saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not what Absolutely. God is saying. We, we actually have to step back from the pumped up prideful, I'm everything type of mentality to understand the love Yeah. or mm-hmm. look, the analogy being taken away from something by a husband. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is the representation. You know, I'm on the other side. I was the whore. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, she's not a whore, but I was the whore and I had, and, and look, Jesus, look, but my groom, see, as a dude, we have to go through that too. Yeah. If we don't go through that ripping away, we're going to, wh- what kind of leadership am I going to be? You know, if it would have been Michelle to rip me away from it and I'm looking at her as the, as a head, that doesn't work. Yeah. So we're rewiring and this is what this whole season is about. Rebecca, it is, it has been, and it always is awesome to sit down and just talk with you and just pound it out. And thank you guys. And and we just love you. I love you guys too. Yeah. Thank you again for being here. Tell people real quick how they can connect with you. Sure. So I'm mainly on the Instagrams. Yes. On the (laughs) gram. My my handle is Rebecca R. White, but it's spelled funny. It's R-E-B-E-K-A R. White. My yes. full name, yeah. Um, and you can find me there. If for no other reason than for conversation. That's really, I want to I connect with people. Yeah, that's her thing, y'all. Um, we became best friends over pupusas mm-hmm. and can't get rid of each other since. So it's a good thing. <laughs> Not but, trying to. Right, right. <laughs> but this week's question is, what is something, and you can choose to be in the victory mode or the I still have to work on it mode, but what's something that you've experienced that in that enough? You're not blank enough. What's something that you've grappled with or that you've already overcome? Um, Because we'd love to pray and praise with you about that. And you can connect with us at thepantrypodcast.com as well as on social media. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Perfect. Okay. I didn't think you.